0: You're listening to the direction for life podcast we pray this episode blesses you we'd love to connect with you visit us at rdci.info or on facebook at right direction church international also follow us on instagram twitter and tiktok at the rdci we hope you enjoy this broadcast
1: and because of the curse people start believing murphy's law and y'all heard of murphy Murphy's Law. Murphy's Law is a concept that states that anything that can go wrong will go wrong. and It is often used humorously to explain and predict unpredictable and unfortunate events. Murphy's Law implies that no matter how carefully planned or prepared something is, there's always going to be a possibility of things not going as intended. It's also reminded to be prepared for, the, for unexpected setbacks and to always have backup plans in place. In other words, y'all, Murphy's Law, Murphy anticipate that things are gonna go bad and be bad. Murphy does not expect good things. Somebody shout, Murphy and the devil is a liar. (laughs) God God does not want you aspiring to Murphy's Law. Murphy's Law is not for believers. Let me shout it again. Murphy's law is not for believers. Murphy's law is the antithesis of how believers ought to think. Murphy's law should not be the expectation, the outlook, and the principle that Christians, believers, and kingdom citizens live by. We ought to expect good things. Somebody shout, I expect good things. I don't care how bad it is. Romans 8.28 needs to be part of our psychology. What's Romans 8.28 says? And we know, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. Even if it's not good now, it's going to work out. God knows how to put some sugar in this thing. I know none of y'all never did this, but I, I you know, my appetite kind of changed as I got a little older. But as a kid, there were certain things I just couldn't stand. I couldn't stand collard greens. Lord Jesus, I just couldn't. And, and, and I came from out the house, and I, I, I started raising my kids like this at first, and my wife wouldn't let me. But we had to sit there and eat everything, okay? And some, sometimes dinner was two hours, I know some of y'all can't relate to what I'm talking about. Dinner was two hours. We had to sit right off. Oh, no, you're going to eat this food. I don't like it. My, remember Daniel used to do that? We, Daniel said sit there. I said, eat that spinach. I can't. <laughs> I, I can't. I, he, he was <clears> there. <throat> <clears throat> I was like that regarding greens. And my sister, Tracy, Patrice, she showed me how to hook my greens up. Now, it's going to be nasty, y'all, but she said, you put some ketchup and some sugar in them. Somebody said, you just messed up those greens. But somebody said, how salt. I do need some hot salt. No, no, no. I couldn't do spicy stuff. So I put some sugar and some ketchup. And when I put sugar and some ketchup in my greens, now I can eat the green. Can I tell you, whatever your appetite is, God knows how to sweeten your life. You don't have to go through your life struggling. God can work it out for your good. Even if it don't start off good, it can end up good. Oh my God. I said, even if it don't start off good, it can end up good. So stop talking about where you came from and how bad it was and, and how you abused and these things are real. But come on now, don't live your life as a victim. Don't give all the power in your life to, to the past or to the perpetrator or to what someone has done for you in your past. Your future is determined by what you do. Your future is determined by what you speak. Your future is determined by how you believe. Oh, I refuse to give that much power to anybody in my I passed when I was a child. Thanks be to God who gives me the victory and caused me to triumph. Somebody shout, I'm not, I'm not a victim. All Roberts, great man of God of the 20th century, who started one of the greatest Christian universities, All Roberts University. It was All Roberts who got the revelation in America about seed faith, about sowing the seed for a need. He wrote books about it and taught about it. And uh, through through uh, all, he took a lot of criticism for that, and he, but he talked about sowing the seed and meaning somebody asked him he built that some of you never been to Tulsa but he built all Robert's University and built it all uh, debt free, City of Faith Hospital these three humongous buildings no longer owned by the by the university now these three buildings which was which was based upon Jesus on the cross with two thieves beside them. he did all, and did it all debt free, equivalent now of billions of dollars and asked him how you did it. And he, said, he would say two things. He said, I pray in the Spirit and sow a seed. I pray in the Spirit and sow a seed. And then a, a song, a motto of all Roberts University was a song that said something good is going to happen to you. Any of you remember that? Okay, they ain't going to know it here because they just got here to church yesterday. Okay, but the song said, Something good is going to happen to you. Happen to you. Happen to you. Something good is going to happen to you. Jesus of Nazareth is passing your way. He took a lot of criticism. Who are you to say something good going to happen? You don't know something good going to I mean, he took, I mean, he was persecuted, just for singing and starting off his ministry and his meetings with a song and say something. How, how you know something good gonna happen? You know there's some people who rather receive bad than good. There's some people who rather have decrease than increase. I don't understand it, but I'm here to tell you today something good is gonna happen to you. <laughs> Come on, make that person say something good. It's about to happen to me. So sin made things bad, but Jesus came to make things good. Sin made things bad, but Jesus came to make things good. Galatians, third chapter. So through the first Adam, the curse came. Through the second Adam, who is Jesus, the blessing came. Galatians three thirteen 13 14. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse, for us, for it is written, curse is everyone who hangs on a tree. Now, why did Jesus become a curse for us by down on the cross? Look why. Here's the objective, verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles, those of us who were not blood descends of Abraham, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So Adam caused the curse to come, Jesus came to reverse the the curse. Adam caused things to go bad, Jesus came so things can go good. Anybody got Jesus? I wanna let you know if you have Jesus, the rest of your life will be the best of your life. The rest of your days will be the best of your days. Your future is bright. Things are looking up. Put your shades on because your future is so bright, you ain't gonna be able to stand it because Jesus came to reverse the curse. Look, somebody say, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. So the gospel of Jesus Christ, y'all, is good news. Good news. Gospel means good news. And Jesus even talked about his own gospel about himself. In Luke four and eighteen, he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He sent me to preach deliverance to the captive. He sent me to cause those who are blind to recover and to set at liberty them that are bruised. Notice he said, He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. The gospel, to, the, come on, but the gospel to the poor. He wants me to give good news to the poor. The gospel is good news to the poor. Now, if your issue is poor and not blind, and I come up to you and say, I came to give you the gospel, you don't have to be blind no more. He said, nah, that ain't my problem. Okay? If, 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 you can, if you can hear, and I come up to you and say, I came here to give you good news that, that you can hear. He said, I already hear. That's not my issue. So what is the good news to the poor? The good news to the poor is you don't have to be poor no more. (laughs) The good news to the poor is you don't have to be poor anymore. If, uh, whatever they call them now, if the Federal High Education Authority call you on the phone, and you got $100,000 of debt with a high education, you all know what I'm talking about, those people. And they tell you, I got some good news for you. What you expected? You telling me my debt been canceled. I can finish it. I know what good news to me is based upon my situation. The only thing they can call me and tell me that's good news is I don't have to pay this no more. The good news to the poor is, you don't have to be poor anymore. Oh my God. I don't care if you're poor now. I don't care if you came from poverty. I don't care if you came from a long line of poverty. I don't care if nobody in your life and nobody in your family has ever had more than enough. The good news to you, if you would target your faith, is that I don't have to be poor anymore. I don't have to struggle anymore. I don't have to live low anymore. Jesus came that I can be released from the curse. Glory to God. I'm living a life because I got a hold of this word and I start targeting my faith there. Wherever you target your faith is what you'll hit. And I want you to start targeting your faith towards good things. So the gospel of good news to the poor is you don't have to be poor anymore. So even if you're currently poor, I want you to expect God to give you some good things. Luke 1 1 and 53. This is Mary when she gets to her cousin Elizabeth, and she's testifying, and out of all the people God could have used to be the mother of Jesus, he chose me, a little poor girl from an insignificant town. And this is what she said, he hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he sent away empty. God chose, in this case, the poor over the rich. He looked over them and chose what, what we would say, little old me. Poor little old me, but can I tell you, I don't care where you are, God sees you, He can choose you, He can use you, He can bless you, He can promote you, He can increase you, stop thinking that you don't have what somebody else has. God sees you, and He wants to use your life as an example of His goodness. So Jesus came reverse reverse the curse. 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, here's the good news to the poor. He wants you to believe God for some good things. 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, for you know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, I know people tell you Jesus was poor. Dang what the Scriptures say. Though he was rich, he had all, that, he had all his needs supplied. And he was enriched, he used his life to enrich other people. Come on now, if, if, if you poor, you ain't trying to feed no 5,000 people. When the last time you see somebody poor, I just want to feed these 5,000 people out here. That doesn't even make sense. He said, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes, when he came to earth, he became poor, here we go, that you through his poverty might become rich. No, it says might. Through Jesus' poverty, you might become rich. What's the might? it's contingent upon something. It's contended upon you believing this gospel. It's contended upon you targeting your faith in this area. Now, I, I clearly get it. There's some of y'all among us that say, I don't, listen, I, that's not where I am at right now. And, and I get it. If you got cancer in your body, the good thing for you is I need to get healed of this cancer. Wherever your area is, you can target your faith for a good thing in that area. Look what David says here in Psalm 68 and verse 10. He said, your congregation dwelt in it. You, O oh God, provided from your goodness for the poor. From his goodness he will provide for the poor. It sounds like Philippians 4:19, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory. How many of y'all know there's no poor riches in glory? God's going to provide for you from his goodness. Hallelujah. In other words, God's going to be good to you. God's going to be good to you. Acts 10.38, it again tells us about what Jesus did for the poor. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. What did he do? He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Why? For God was with him. Jesus wants to do you good. I said Jesus wants to do you good. Whatever area is bad, whatever area is mediocre in your life, Jesus wants to do you good. God has promised good and good things for his children. Glory to God. He reminds us in Luke 12 when they're worrying and fearful about their future, worrying and fearful about their needs being supplied, worried and fearful that the Roman oppressive government is going to take everything from them and keep them from prospering. Jesus tells his people, Luke 12, starting verse 28, he said, do not seek, stop worrying about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, nor be anxious, nor have an anxious mind. Renumerate They're just worrying over and over about the same thing. For all these things, the nations of the world seek after. He said, not my my people. The people who don't know me, they're worried about provision. Not my people. He said, they worried about, for your father knows that you need these things. Everything you need, God God already knows. And he's made provision for it. He says, what what do we do, verse 31, but seek the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added to you. He said, put me first and watch me provide good things in your life. I need you to catch that. Put me first and all the things that you think I can't come to church for because I got to work to make happen. Watch me add them in your life. Put me first, all the things you think you got to move to go get, if you just stand in the will of God, watch me provide it for you right where you are. Watch me cause you to live in Goshen in the middle of Columbia, South Carolina. Oh, my God. For those of you who don't understand what Goshen is, the Bible said when the children of Israel went down to Egypt, that when, when Joseph and his family, Pharaoh gave them the land of Goshen, that's where God's people were. And when the plagues hit Egypt, when it was dark in Egypt, it was still light in Goshen. Goshen was just a territory in Egypt. But even though it was all around them, God was providing for his people. Come on, I I need to say this, I live in spiritual Goshen. That means the economy can be bad all around us, but I don't just live in the economy, I live in the kingdom of God in the economy. I don't just live in Columbia. I live in Goshen in Columbia. I don't just live in South Carolina. I live in Goshen in South Carolina. I don't just live in the United States. I live in Goshen in the United States. When nobody else is provided for, God still going to take care of me. When it's dark everywhere, I'm still going to have light. When everybody else is broke, all my needs will be supplied because I live in Goshen. My God. Glory to God. So he said in verse 30, fear not little flock. Stop stop tripping. Stop worrying about act watch well, this. Stop sweating like an unbeliever. Stop worrying like a sinner. Do not fear, little flock. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And you don't want to stop with words. It's the father's good pleasure. What's the root word pleasure? Ple- please. It pleases God to provide for you. It pleases God to take care of you. I saw, I don't know who it was, you know, came across something on social media. It was, I guess, boy graduating. And his uh, I uh, I thought was maybe Pastor Marshals, but boy graduating from, from high school, and his father, they surprised him as he leaving the graduation and show him he got a car out there. And and a and a, and a father, come back him. I got demonstrate there. And the father said, See that boy? That's for you, boy. That's you, man. That's yours, man. Right there. Yeah. Then I say, I got you. I got you, man. I got you. That's yours, right there, man. Yeah. You. You. You've been, man. You've been good. You've been my son, man. I, man, that I got you. Look at that. See down that right there? That's yours, man. That's your man. That's your man. Sit in, man. And boy said, and boy cried. He said, that's yours, man. That's where I got that for you. I got that for you. You a good son, man. You a good son. You're a good son, man. Thank you. Yeah. The, listen, the truth was, when you watch that, the father was more excited about that car than the boy. The father was more, he, he was boasting. Look, 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 look what I did for my son. Look how I took care of my boy. Maybe my daddy would never do, but look how I take care of my son. I take care of my children. <laughs> God is excited about blessing you. God is excited about prospering you. God is excited about increasing you. It's the Father. Good pleasure. It pleases God for you to have good things. Oh Jesus. Hallelujah. Look at Deuteronomy 6. Anybody getting blessed by this message? Because if not, you can go home. I am still going to finish it because I'm blessing myself. Deuteronomy 6 chapter, verse 10. It says, and it shall be, somebody, come, Brandon, come clean this from me. It shall be when the Lord your God had brought you into the land which he swore unto your fathers, to Abraham, Deuteronomy 6 and 10 to Isaac and to Jacob to give thee great and goodly cities which you did not build. Watch this. Not only that, I'm going to give you good cities, good land and then he he said on top of that then I'm going to give you houses full of all good things. Now you may start off like Pastor Marsh and I did going to the to the antique antique shop. <laughs> Can't go to Redlands, you need to go to antique antique. You need to go to the antique shop that the other antique shop won't sell. We started off going to Goodwill, right here in South Carolina, am I right, honey? We, were, we, we took our children school shopping and we bought things from Goodwill, okay? We 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 start off at Walmart, and but not just work, Walmart was a promotion. <laughs> we ain't got no Walmart, but you better go on down to Goodwill. You may start off there, but you don't have to stay there. He said he said gonna give your house full of good things. Some of you heard, heard heard me say we went from New Jersey to Maine to Oklahoma. And then we got ready to South Carolina, come back to South Carolina, Pastor Mark drew a line. We had this kitchen set that Mother Bailey gave us when we first got married in our first apartment. One of those Formica kitchen sets with the, with the vinyl chairs and all that. Then we took with the, aluminum, with the aluminum legs. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. And we moved from New Jersey, we moved to Maine. And we were Maine from 1986 to 19, uh, right, right up to 1992. Then we got, we got a. Uh, then we moved and took that along with us while we was in Maine. Y'all don't know what I, I got testify a minute. Okay, okay. So, so, so if you come to my house and you see three and four, th- three and four sitting areas with various living room set. Don't get mad at where I am. You need to know where I came from. And we had a, we had a couch that we got from Finger Hut. Raise your hand if you know about Finger Hut. Some of y'all don't know nothing about, you could buy anything from Fingerhut and you could pay $13.02 for the next 50 years. We had a couch from Fingerhut. When I got the couch, you're supposed to put the legs in the couch, and, uh, but you needed tools, you're supposed to drill a hole. I didn't have no drill. I had a hammer and a screwdriver and I, <laughs> And I used my hammer and my screwdriver to try to put holes in the bottom of the finger chair. And so when you sat in my chair, you did a little bit of rocking. And we would say, don't sit down too hard and don't get up too fast. That, that's where we came from. And then we and then we had, had all, all this stuff that Mother Betty had given us. And then when we when we came here to we got ready to move here to South Carolina, Pastor Marcel drew a line and said, she said, now we ain't taking this there. This, we done had this thing for 10 years. We ain't never bought a kid. We're not taking some sometime you're gonna have to get tired of what you got and draw a line. I said, now this this is enough of this. I'm God shy. I deserve better than this. Come on, come, come on now, I, now I done suffered long enough, and the Bible said, after you suffered a while, my wild has been suffering a while. <laughs> then we start believing, and so, and so now, we get ready to buy our first house around 19, around 19, uh, around 2000. Get, get ready to get our first house, see we got this, I mean, this, this loan, this, this, this gifted furniture and all this kind of stuff. And, and Marshall said, then we take none of this stuff in the new house. So I said, we ain't. Now, I'm, I, all my faith is targeted towards, first of all, having good, good enough credit to get approved. All my faith is targeted towards, then they told me, I was so excited about getting approved, I don't know nothing about no down payment. My faith almost got deflated. When they say, okay, you approved, you'll you only, you only need like $7,000. I said, oh, God. I done use all my faith to get approved. Now I need money to close too? This is the devil. Pastor Marshall said, we're going to have it. I said, we're going to have it? I told you. I, I believe I thought she had something stashed, like, like, like the black mothers teach the daughter. Child, we have something on the side. You never know. So I figured she's going to pull out her stash, her stash. But then she said this. She said, we're not taking any of this furniture. God's going to give us all new stuff. I said, he is. I had to believe the woman of God. Because I'm believing for this down payment. We worry about furniture later. We can just go in the house and sit crisscross applesauce. <laughs> and sing Kumbaya, my Lord. And, and, and just have more room to praise. Ha! Hallelujah! Look what the Lord has done. Look where we at now. Furniture will come later. Hallelujah. She said, no. And she got another woman of God, another pastor. That church is closed now. Another pastor in the city. They went and picked out furniture. They laid hands on that furniture. They called all that furniture into the Bailey household. And they believed God, we're going to get all furniture. you are going to get that furniture. And we're going to get it debt free. Now, that's where they target my faith. I'm targeting my faith for the down payment. Can I tell you, we moved into that house with all new furniture, debt-free. Because we, she targeted her faith for good things. Is anybody being blessed today? God said, I will fill your house full of all good things that you didn't fill. In other words, you didn't struggle to get it. I'm going to wells dig, which you didn't have to dig. Vineyards and olive trees, which you would have to plant. When thou shalt have eaten and be full. Listen, we lived in three houses. And my two prior houses, I put a pool in. The house, I, I always wanted a pool. Okay? So my two prior, one I put a pool in. First one, uh, it was $35,000. Sold that house, moved that out of house. Took $200,000, $300,000 loss in that house. Had to get rid of it. Then we moved into another house, and this house now uh, didn't have a pool either. I put a pool in that house, $50,000. So over the last, I done spent $80,000, $90,000 in pools. Moving to this house, already got a pool. Got a pool, got a waterfall, and it's a saltwater pool. I don't know nothing about a saltwater pool, So now I got to have somebody every week to come take care of my pool. Come on now, Uh, uh, what I'm trying to see, show you here, is that God will give you things that you didn't have to build. Look, somebody say, bread come with this, bread come with this. That's Bill Winston right there, Bread, bread, bread come with this. There's some extras that God gonna give you that you don't have to pay for. I think I heard Pastor Marcia testifying about it. I didn't even I didn't think about it. I didn't think about it. And so, so we, we, when we moved the, the house, we moved in 10 years ago, okay? Mo- moved the house 10 years, and it, we really doubt the, the house, the quality of the whole house, we kind of downgraded. But I wanted to be on the lake, okay? Pastor Marcy went along with it after we had a, almost a knockdown dragout. drag-out, okay? Because I told him, I said, gonna apply for this house. He said, okay. I said, I said, I'm going, I said, I'm going to, and so I said, we got to prove. We got to prove. I don't want to live, I don't like that house. What you mean you don't like this house? I just put $10,000 earnest money down there. I don't want to live that. And so then we, boy, that was one of my most intense times of fellowship. And I remember it got to the point, brothers, it got to the point, I said, I don't care. If you don't like the house, we ain't going to live there. Forget the $10,000, just give me peace. Any brother know what I'm talking about? Come on now, sometimes money ain't worth your peace, and peace ain't worth the money. <laughs> and then at, after I went a little, flipped out a little bit, she calmed down. We went and got the house. But for years, she didn't like the house. Even after I, I spent $90,000 renovating the kitchen, okay? Then we moved into another house two years ago. And, but the Lord has spoke to her, and I heard recently sharing about this. He said, the Lord said, I'm going to give you double. Now, now, to me, we just got too much stuff. But the word of the Lord was telling I'm going to give you double. So walking our kitchen now, we got, we got two sinks. We got two dishwashers. We got two gobs, I suppose. Look, somebody said, God will give you double. God will give you double. God will give you double he will fill you and satisfy you with good things that you don't have to strive for and stress for and worry about. Come on now. God wants to bless you with some good things. Oh, Jesus, I got to, my time's up here. Look at Proverbs 28 and verse 10. The last part of it, you go right to it. The upright shall have good things in his possession. Y'all see that? God the upright shall have good things in his possessions. I want you to expect good things to happen in your life. I want you to expect good things to show up in your life because God got some plans for you. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says, New Living Translation says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good not for disaster, to give you hope, a hope and a future. god got some good plans for you to give you some good things in your life. He gonna make your bitter waters sweet. He gonna turn your morning into dancing. He gonna give you the garment of praise for the spirit of heaven and God's gonna bless you with some good things. But you got to believe for it. Somebody say, believe for it. Come on, come on. I, come, I, I, I know you've been through some rough times. I know we came through a pandemic. I know it looked like you lost some stuff. I know you didn't come from anything. But that God said, I don't care about none of that. I want you to target your faith. I want you to believe me for some good things. Psalm 27 13, David said, I would have lost heart. I would have fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Somebody said, I believe to see it oh my God you gotta believe to see it I don't care how bad things are right now you gotta believe that God is moving that God is working something on your behalf that something is happening behind the scenes something is happening beneath the curtains God is working something good out for you oh my God God is raising up somebody somewhere to use their power use their influence to bless you I don't know what it's gonna be, but I'm telling you, it's about to be good. I don't care how bad it's been up until now. The Word says it's about to be good. God's gonna make it all good. God's gonna make it all good. Tell the devil he's a liar. God's about to bless me more than my eyes have seen. God's about to bless me more than my ears have heard. God's about to bless me beyond my wildest imagination. Oh my God, he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all I can ask or think. I dare to talk at your face and say, though I begin small, I'm increasing right now. The Lord is blessing me right now. Things are getting better. Things are getting greater. I'm on an elevator. God's raising me up. God's raising me up.
0: God's raising me up. If you love our podcast and the impartation you gain from it, we encourage you to become an iChurch member. As an iChurch member, you'll get access to exclusive digital content, as well as an online community and various small group sessions. To find out more, visit rdci.info forward slash iChurch. Connect with us for digital impartation weekly. Join Bishop Herbert and Dr. Marsha Bailey on Clubhouse for Marriage, Faith, and Family Inside Kingdom Business Network on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash rdcitv. We stream live services on Sundays at 7.30 a.m. and 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time as well as Wednesday at 12 noon and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Ladies, join us for Manifest on Fridays at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time.